0: Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the US. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers.
1: Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu/visit. Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky?
0: In line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. Yo, what's up, guys? Welcome to the NBA Strategy Show, presented by No House Advantage. Oh, nice nine-game slate for you guys tonight, and a lot of uh, moving parts because of the NBA trade deadline. And uh, if you were on the last stream, thanks for bearing with our technical difficulties here. Hopefully we got everything fixed. But uh us just mentioned last night's slate again real quick because Michael Carter-Williams, he starts every game and then they announce he's not starting. I'm like, there's no way this guy plays. But I, I phrased it, I don't think this guy plays, which technically was correct. So I guess that's the win. What did, what did he make of that?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was weird. And then you got reports too. like, I never saw it confirmed. But you got reports that he was actually out and that Terrence Ross was dressing (laughs) to sit on the bench, basically. Um, So yeah, I mean, I I ended up making a big mistake, which in hindsight, like, even ignoring the Michael Carter Williams things, I think was a mistake, but um, swapped from Ken Birch to Jason Randall. My thinking being that if Carter Williams was out, there was a chance Randall was going to play 40 plus minutes. But it goes back to what you and I talk about a lot where fantasy points per minute gives you a lot of room for error and low fantasy point per minute. Guys don't like, even if Ken Birch played, you know, six or eight minutes less than Randall, there was a good chance that he was going to outperform Randall. And I was still kind of guessing at Randall's increase in minutes. So I think I just stayed on Birch ended up being a really big mistake, obviously, uh, especially with Carter Williams playing, <laughs> but you know, definitely one of those things to keep in mind when you're trying to make like quick decisions uh, before game locks.
0: Uh, yeah. There's only eight minutes. I wouldn't beat yourself up about it because Randall if we were un- operating with the assumption Michael Carter-Williams didn't play, I think he was a solid play. Um, I just put everything into the fantasy cruncher late swap and I got like a ton of Randall. So I had a kind of rough night on DraftKings, but uh, Jalen Brunson wasn't too much better. I'm sure a lot of guys out there had him as well. Uh, Before we get into today's games, guys, part of the reason why Brunson and uh, Randall busted is we didn't reach 500 likes on yesterday's stream. If you could click that thumbs up button, I greatly appreciate that support. And these athletes need your support too. Also, uh, No House Advantage is our sponsor. They are player prop style DFS contests. So you're betting peer to peer instead of against the house. They have over 500 player props to choose from, and you can use the promo code AWESOMO to get a free $20 match deposit. So make sure to check out nohouseadvantage.com. First game, we got Detroit-Washington. Now, uh, this one, there's... Uh, we weren't really sure who was going to play in this one last night either because Kojo, one guy said uh, they're waiting on Deon Wright to pass his physical, and then uh, Kojo was like, listed as active. But no one seemed to be able to confirm that this physical took place. And that kind of messed up the point guard rotation. Uh, if you guys had Magruder or Sabin Lee. Um, so what did he make of yesterday?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was just a, a weird game. Um, obviously, you got Corey Joseph in. Um, i say Stewart got ejected in the first half. Uh, but, you know, yeah, 18 minutes for Joseph kind of just screwed everything up. Um, Saban Lee played 16 minutes. Ellington started and played 22 minutes like the Pistons right now I think are just an absolute mess with
0: yeah. the exception
1: of like Jeremy Grant and City Bay, basically
0: <laughs> yeah they they're trying to develop a lot of players right now so oh uh, Saban Lee I was watching some of that game he, he was making all these mistakes so I think he just the coach got sick of seeing him out on the court. They're like, let's bring in Corey Joseph. It may mean, have taken one game for Kojo to pass evenly in the in the rotation. But I don't see a ton here for fantasy today, aside from Jeremy Grant, assuming he plays. Uh, it's kind of cheap on FanDuel at seventy three hundred. Uh, how are you feeling about him?
1: yeah i mean it's it's tough because on the one hand, I love taking guys against the wizards, but I just don't really know where to go on this team like Jeremy Grant would be the first spot that I go to. He's typically playing around thirty four minutes <laughs> he's about a fantasy point per minute guy, and you would expect him to produce at a higher rate against a wizards team that doesn't defend or rebound. So I think he's fine in tournaments. I think that you know on a, a slate this big um at this point in the season, there's always going to be value, and most slates kind of turn into stars and scrubs. Um, but you know I think as far as mid range guys with some upside go grant certainly has it
0: nice. Uh, And the matchup's pretty good. It's just the playing time isn't secure for many of the other guys aside from Humley and Bay. Uh, So on Washington, another uh, good matchup on the Washington side. So uh, the injuries, they have Davis Bertans out. They traded Mo Wagner and Troy Brown. And they flipped them into um, Chandler Hutchinson and Daniel Gafford. And I think they're playing today, so I'm like they traded uh Mo Wagner for Gafford. I'm like, maybe Gafford will play in this center rotation and be the third center again. I, I wouldn't be surprised because like I feel like he's a low usage like defensive center, which maybe fits along Westbrook and Beale a little bit better. But I, I don't know exactly what to make of Alex Len because the minutes have been all over the place. And then we have this uncertainty there. So what do you think is going to happen with Gafford on the team now?
1: Yeah. Like I wouldn't be surprised at all if before long, he's the starting center here because he does offer rim protection. He is a low usage guy. Like you said, um, it kind of just fits with what the Wizards need, um, you know, someone not to take shots away from Beal and Westbrook and someone to maybe play defense. Um, I don't know if that'll be the case today, but it does certainly it's someone that I expect to be in the rotation. Like I don't think that you're going to see, and certainly I could be wrong. I'm wrong about Scott Brooks a lot, but I, I wouldn't expect that you see Daniel Gafford taking as many DMPs as Mo Wagner was recently. And so I think it does make Alex lens minutes, even if Len does stay in the starting lineup, a lot less secure.
0: Yeah, so that's going to be tough before we get any games under uh, the data to to figure out. But um, I mean, we know who's getting the minutes here. Westbrook, Beal and Hachimura has been getting killer minutes since Bertans has been out. So how are you feeling about their prospects today?
1: Yeah, I mean, those are the three guys you're looking to. Like, Russell Westbrook's gotten really, really expensive. And on the one hand, it's kind of always tough to prioritize him over guys like, you know, when you pay up for, you know, guys like Luka or Giannis or Jokic or whoever. But he's also been playing great coming out of, you know, since the All-Star break. I don't know if he's, like, fully healthy now. We we know he dealt with some injuries early on in the season. Um, But he's... Coming close to or grabbing triple doubles pretty much every night out. Um, just a really, really high upside guy, even if he doesn't project quite as well as, as those guys around them. So definitely someone to pay attention to ownership. There have definitely been slates lately where Westbrook's gotten a lot more ownership than I, I thought he should be. Um, but at the same time, he he still you know has a really high ceiling. Beal's interesting because the salary is really cheap, but he's also been playing really poorly, both in terms of the way he's produced, but also his usage is down like four or five points since the All Star break. Not really something you want to see. I don't know if he's dealing with you know some nagging stuff or if it's just you know a small sample thing i still think you can look to him in tournaments because it is about as cheap a price point as you're going to get on bradley Beal. but at the same time i do have some slight concerns just kind of about how he's been playing lately
0: yeah that's that's fair he is listed as questionable tonight so that um could be an indicator that maybe there is something going on here uh now i'm looking at the rest of the team do you think that Chandler Hutchison like gets in the rotation here because he he had some good stints with the Bulls, but eventually got out of the rotation. So I'm the reason I'm looking at him is because Garrison Matthews played a ton of minutes last game and he's super cheap. So I'm like at thirty one hundred, should we take some shots there or is that just too risky?
1: Yeah, it it's hard it's difficult with Hutchison <laughs> because he didn't play for the Bulls this year for personal reasons. But then they, the Wizards said they expect him to play today um, or be active today. I don't know what that means as far as minutes goes. Um, maybe he just takes, you know, minutes from Isak Banga. He probably, if he played, he would probably take at least some minutes from Garrison Matthews, as in like Matthews probably wouldn't play 36 minutes again. But yeah, I don't really know what to make of it. Like, you know, is he just going to jump in and start playing 20 minutes? Is he going to play the eight minutes the Bonga played last game? Uh, I think it's a pretty big wild card as far as how many minutes he takes.
0: Definitely. Uh, So does that, how do you feel about Matthews at 3,100? Because that is a pretty low price tag for someone that's starting.
1: Yeah, it is. And I think it's, like you can use him in tournaments. The floor is just still really, really low because you're still going to get some games where he only plays like 25, 26 minutes. Like there's a lot of ways for him to lose minutes here, whether um, how Meadow plays more minutes? Then he only played 11 minutes last game. That's someone that sometimes, you know, takes some minutes from Matthews. You could have Hutchison and or Banga take minutes. And, and Matt, it's not like Matthews is a high usage guy. Anyway, his job on the floor basically is to defend and then take open three pointers when Westbrook passes in the ball. So, um, you know, it, it's a very low floor play, but if he does approach 36 minutes, you, know, you don't really find that for minimum salary very often.
0: Definitely. He's one of two guys under 4K that seems to be getting a lot of ownership. The other being Mclemore. Now, uh, next game, Houston at Minnesota. Houston traded away Victor Oladipo. Uh, they got some picks and also Kelly Olenek and Avery Bradley. Uh, so how do you expect, if those guys play tonight, that's going to change the rotation?
1: Yeah, um, so I don't really know what to make of it. Like, we know Houston's shorthanded if they don't play. Um, If they do, I mean, do you see Olenek ahead of Sean? Like, I assume Ja'Shawn Tate stays in the lineup. Um, Macklemore maybe goes back to the bench. But, like, I would assume Wallwood, Tate are in the lineup. Sterling Brown, maybe. And then Macklemore would be the one where I would think they would kick him out pretty quickly.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of looking at this. I'm like, are they going to use Linux at power forward or is he just going to be a center? Because like it could be he just plays when Wood's off the
1: court. Yeah, you could very easily see him just be the backup center to Christian Wood.
0: Yeah, they've been kind of trying to find a guy for that because apparently they didn't like Justin Patton since he hasn't played in the last few games. Macklemore was a big performer last night. Although he, he got like 33 fantasy points it seemed in the first like two quarters and then like he stayed at 33 the whole game so still a great performance at 3k but uh, what did you make of him yesterday and how are you feeling about him today?
1: Yeah, he had six three pointers in the first half, and he had one in the second half, um, and that was his only stat. Like that, that's kind of just what you get from Mclemore. He's not going to do a whole lot other than take some shots, at, you know, <laughs> some three pointers, and if he makes them, great. Um, yeah, he was another one. Like I kind of had a coin flip last night between him and Ariza, and it started out I was like, oh, cool, I chose correctly, and then the second half happened. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's a good matchup, no doubt about it. You know, Minnesota not a very good defensive team. Mclemore still you know inexpensive um, coming in at. $100 less tonight than he was last night on DraftKings. So he's a good point-per-dollar value. You just kind of want to erase last night's performance from your, your mind, I think. Like, when you're looking at Macklemore, you're not looking at a guy that's likely to get 30-plus points. You're looking at someone that is most likely going to score, like, 20 to 22.
0: Yeah, so that would be pretty good at his price tag of 3200 on DraftKings. 4K and Fandle, not quite as appealing. The two guys I feel like uh, we can be pretty confident in are John Wall and Christian Wood. They have kind of a nice dynamic where Wall scores a lot unassisted and Wood scores a lot assisted. So I'm thinking like maybe Wall's fantasy scoring is going to be pretty consistent because he's either getting the assist or taking the shot. So his price tag has gone up a little bit. He's 8,400 on DraftKings, 8,200 on FanDuel. How are you feeling about Wall?
1: Yeah, I like Wall. I like Christian Wood here. Um, A lot will come down to kind of just how roster construction ends up, like as far as um, value goes and and where to pay up. Like I liked Wall a lot last night. It was just kind of difficult to get him in the lineups because of of other options. But, you know, he played another 36 minutes yesterday, or sorry, 37 minutes yesterday. The last time Houston was on a back-to-back, I know a lot of people were kind of wavering on Wall because – It was back to back, but he came out and played another like 36 minutes on the second half. So I don't think there's any reason, assuming that he plays, I don't think there's any reason to think he's limited in game or something like that. He's been a productive player this year, really high usage rate, especially without Oladipo assist percentage up over 30, you know, approaching 40%. And like you said, Christian Wood helps in that regard as well. So I think Wall looks really good. It's a good matchup. Christian Wood, I think, looks good. I mean, he's been um, over 1.2 fantasy points per minute this year as well, and typically plays 34 plus minutes.
0: My big takeaway from the last games is if they announce Wall and Wood are on minutes limits, then definitely play them. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. St- Steven Silas has very quickly joined Luke Walton territory as far as uh, <laughs> how much weight I give to his minutes limits.
0: On the Minnesota side, we have Malik Beasley coming back from a suspension. I think he had some off-season personal issues, which um, caused him to miss 15 games or something like that. I'm having a little bit of trouble figuring out who who's going to – uh, be in the rotation now because it's like they they were running 11 guys I think where like Jarrett Culver is playing like seven minutes a game off the bench so what do you think is going to happen with Beasley back
1: yeah I assume just based on how little they've cared to play him that Culver's not in the rotation um I think it takes minutes probably from Jalen Noel um those would like, those are my first two get Jaden McDaniels probably stops playing 30 minutes. Like, I, I think you, there's a good chance you get a starting lineup. I think of Rubio Beasley, Edwards, McDaniels and uh, towns um, with, you know, Vanderbilt going back to the bench in that case. I think, you know, maybe you get like 26 ish minutes from McDaniels Vanderbilt playing behind him. Um, Edwards. I assume they just keep giving a bunch of minutes to because it's Anthony Edwards. And why wouldn't they, um, they have nothing like, there's nothing better for them to do. Um, But I do think Edwards usage ends up taking a little bit of a hit with, with Beasley out there. Uh, So I think, you know, the the net result of Beasley coming back is that it's going to make essentially everybody on Minnesota look less appealing than they were yesterday.
0: Yeah. Another factor I'm looking at with Edwards is Jordan McLaughlin came back yesterday and played pretty good minutes. Edwards had been getting run as the backup point guard when Rubio was off the court, but with McLaughlin, With McLaughlin back, I don't expect that to be the case. So, do you expect him to be playing off ball a little bit more?
1: yeah so I'm not overly concerned about that because his assist percentage wasn't that great anyway like he didn't he wasn't getting as many assists as I'd kind of expected him to with McLaughlin out and he did still play with the second unit so I think the biggest thing is that he's still going to get that massive usage rate when you know when you're playing minutes with Jalen Noel Jordan McLaughlin, Mancho Hernan Gomez, and Nas Reed, uh, Anthony Edwards is going to be chucking up a lot of shots over those minutes so I'm I'm more interested that he still was getting that run than you know that McLaughlin's back since he wasn't getting a ton of assists anyway Um, but you know McLaughlin being back does make it so I can I expect him to continue not getting a lot of assists fair enough
0: uh Carl Anthony Towns has been playing pretty well and he's a little bit cheap for the the studs 9,700 on DraftKings 9,900 on FanDuel so I'm looking at him in this matchup versus the Rockets that just are uh kind of at a, a low point in their their team right now as a pretty good option uh tonight so do you think Tans is going to be a good payout
1: yeah, I think he looks good tonight. I think it'll be a little bit easier to get to him than last night, since we don't have Jokic, uh, you know, priced right above him. You have Nikola Vucevic in that same price range, but who knows what Chicago's you know rotation is going to look like? So uh, you know, we, we know that we're getting 34, 35 minutes from Towns. We know that he's a 1.35 to 1.4 fantasy point per minute guy. Uh, Beasley being back, you know, could take a little bit of usage, maybe a little bit in the way of assists, but um, I, I think that the offense still you know runs through Cat. I don't think Beasley is going to change that. So uh, I think Towns still looks really good, especially when you consider that. It's a fast-paced, Houston, a fast-paced Houston team that also doesn't play much defense.
0: Uh, next game, we got Knicks at Milwaukee. Uh, the Knicks traded away Austin Rivers uh, to Oklahoma City. In return, they uh, the Knicks got George Hill and Tony Bradley. Uh, so I'm kind of looking. Wait, sorry. This is it was a three-team transaction. Maybe, maybe you got this a little bit better than me because Tony Bradley, uh, he went to a different team, I think.
1: Sure, I, I don't remember where he went. I just remember he got traded.
0: Oh, Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Tony Bradley, uh, he got traded to Oklahoma City, and the Knicks. Uh, I'm. I, I uh, apologize. I should have been better.
1: They, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think they did anything that matters for their rotation. They gave up like. Uh, what rivers and, and uh bris uh, whatever the guy with the brad Zekas. yeah that guy um that you know hasn't played
0: they got terrence ferguson it looks like who hasn't really played this year so uh awesome rivers wasn't in the rotation either so i guess it doesn't really make any impact which is why no one was really paying attention to it so uh recently, Randall has been performing really well. RJ Barrett has been getting a ton of minutes while Derek Rose has been out. Now, Derrick Rose is questionable today. Reggie Bullock didn't play last game. Uh, he's questionable today. So there are some big question marks here. What are you expecting to see from the Knicks?
1: Yeah, so Bullock's status <laughs> matters because I think that if he's out, you probably get a lot of minutes from Alec Burks again. Um, he's expensive enough where you know he's not a a priority anyway but he does at least give you pretty nice upside if you're getting 32 or 33 minutes from him if Bullock's out if Bullock's in I think it takes enough minutes away from Burks where I wouldn't really look there Um, it's it's always tough to trust Alfred Payton um or you know Emmanuel quickly you got 26 minutes from quickly last game 21 from Peyton one big thing there is that you got basically 48 minutes from them which you hadn't the game before um but that could have also just been a a function of Bullock being out because the last game Bullock played we saw kind of a weird rotation from Tom Thibodeau um normally this year he's kind of just had like direct backups for everybody but the last game that Bullock played he was actually having guys play multiple positions which took minutes away from Peyton and from quickly um so very, very risky options, either of them. You know, Nilakina, I think, can pretty much be ignored no matter who is in or out. Um, Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett, the, the two guys that you're going to feel the best about. Barrett hasn't been the best fantasy producer this year. He has taken a step forward as far as a real-life basketball player. Um, I kind of figured that out yesterday. I made fun of him on Twitter and got some pushback and had to actually <laughs> look at him. Um, so, you know, he, he's not a great player still, but he has been a lot better this year uh, from a real-life standpoint, if, if that's something you care about. But, um, you know, still playing a lot of minutes, which is really good to see. Played the entire second half last game against Washington. And then, you know, Julius Randall playing huge minutes as well. Really disappointing game against the Wizards, but, you know, more often than not, you're going to get solid games from him. Uh, Mitchell Robinson joined the starting lineup. That was, um, I, I think, interesting to see. He only played 21 minutes against Washington, but typically this year we were getting a lot of minutes from him when he started, so that's a spot that you could look to in tournaments potentially.
0: Yeah, My, uh, Robinson played uh, – he didn't He didn't play like that exciting minutes uh, even though he got the start. He played 21, it looks like. Yeah. Uh, which was a little disappointing because Taj Gibson was the backup because New Noah Noel was out that game. So I'm expecting Robinson to potentially start with Noel as the backup if he plays, otherwise Taj. But um the minutes always are a little bit unreliable. I, I don't know if I really like any of the Knicks because of the matchup versus Milwaukee. They're only projected for 108 points. Uh, is there anyone that's a priority tonight?
1: I don't think so. I mean, like, obviously Julius Randle's, never a bad play i guess toward it that way but like in, in this matchup on this slate i don't really love randall um i don't really love rj barrett's price point and you know mitchell robinson's average 29 minutes per game as a starter this year but he's averaged less than a fantasy point per minute i think you can typically find better than that at center unless you're just trying to find a low-owned guy in tournaments
0: on the milwaukee side uh pj tucker and portis missed last game they're both listed as questionable today so I uh, I think we pretty know want to know what to expect out of the box. Holiday, DiVincenzo, Chenzo, Middleton, Anthony Campo, with Giannis being the only guy that's really a consistent fantasy producer. So uh, the Knicks are a tough matchup that because they play at a slow pace. So how are you feeling about the Bucs guys today?
1: Giannis is really the only thing that looks. Interesting to me. You know, Holiday and Middleton still priced up a little bit from um, when Giannis was out. Giannis is expensive, but I expect there will be enough value that, that you can get to him relatively easily. Very, very disappointing game last night, but, and, you know, has a tough bounce back spot here against the Knicks. But you still know, you know, the, the guy averages nearly 1.7 fantasy points per minute this year. And in competitive games, you're typically getting 34, 35 minutes from him. So, you know, I, I think there's no issue with rostering Giannis. It's just not as appealing a matchup as you would like.
0: Agreed. Guys, I saw a lot of frustration yesterday about uh, the Orlando Magic, and uh, it was kind of a nice reminder that we have MLB DFS coming up because uh, we don't have to worry about any of these uh, late scratches and stuff. So special deal for that. uh, $9 gets you the first nine days of MLB with the promo code starting nine, numeral nine. So uh, what well, we have uh, cooking for next M- or this MLB season are uh, projections, ownership, the top stacks, got a new boom, boom bust tool in the works, lineup builder, in our Slack channel. So uh, make sure to check out our MLB package. Maybe he's born with it. Maybe it's awesome. Uh, also, all of our shows are available in podcast form, aside from Live Before Locks. So you can check out the NBA strategy show. Uh, at awesomo.com slash podcast, and you can be eligible for a free week if you leave a five-star review. Choose a winner every Friday for that. All right, we got Chicago at San Antonio here. So Chicago made some huge moves. They went out and got Vucevic. Um, They kept all the main guys pretty much, uh, except for Otto Porter um, and Wendell Carter. So they ended up keeping Mark and they kept Kobe White which was a little surprising, but um, Vucevic obviously is going to make a huge impact here. They also got Aminu, they got Javante Green, um, and Daniel Tice. Daniel Tice is out today, and and Troy Brown. So uh, pretty much half the team is different now, so what are you expecting? Uh, I know we know Vucevic is going to get huge playing time, but some of these guys, it's a little bit harder to predict.
1: Yeah, I think it's basically the way I'm looking at it is that it's a net negative for every player that was already on the Bulls. Because like you would seen when, when you talk about Zach Levine, for example, um, he's had a very, very good season, you know, no doubt about it. But in, from a fantasy standpoint, his production did take a step back in games where like Laurie Markin was in the lineup as opposed to where Markin was out. Now you add Vucevic to this lineup, someone that's going to dominate usage, someone that um, takes assists as well. And I think you see Levine take, probably a little bit of a step back again um, from a DFS standpoint. You know, I still think he'll be a very good scorer, a very good NBA player, but um, I do think that you kind of see another step back in terms of his fantasy production and he's still priced to not be playing with Nikola Vucevic. So it kind of, it's a situation. It's sort of similar to when like you have a team that misses their star for, you know, a couple of weeks and all the prices come up and then the star comes back. That's kind of how I'm viewing it here with the bulls where, um, you know, Levine still has a ceiling, Laurie Markkinen still, a, a decent option, but I think Rooch being there most likely just takes fantasy production away from all the guys that already were there.
0: Definitely. So that begs the question. I mean, Vucevic is a 9500 on DraftKings and 9700 on FanDuel. Uh, the match versus Spurs looks pretty appealing. So do you like taking a shot on him? Like, do you think his role is going to be different on a team that has a little bit more uh, star power?
1: I expect him to produce at a lower rate than he did in Orlando. Like, I think one way you could look at it maybe is look at what he did when he played in games with Aaron Gordon and Evan Fournier, as opposed to games where he didn't, because obviously he benefited when those guys were out. Um, Levine, you know, a higher usage guy than either of them as well. Uh, But, you know, I think that's a decent comp is, you know, kind of what he did in Orlando. and So it still makes him really good. It's just, you know, I I don't think he's going to Chicago and taking a step forward from um, his overall production in Orlando. I think maybe a slight step back, but, still the guy that I like the most from Chicago here. still think he's a good player.
0: Nice. Uh, what about the other guys? I mean, Sadoransky has been getting the start. He's been playing pretty good minutes, and then Markinen. His price tag a 5,200 is kind of appealing, and it seems like they're kind of uh, – since they didn't ship him off, and he was on the last year of his deal, I believe, uh, at least that's the endorsement of how they feel about him.
1: Yeah, I think both of Sadoransky and uh, Markkinen are, are kind of fine as like – last piece in type value guys they're these they, like they, they project pretty well for their salaries um it's pretty unlikely that they do much to really like blow their salary out of the water um Sodoransky typically playing 28 to 30 minutes
0: with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride
1: and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time <gasps> A woohoo, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by loss. See terms and conditions. Eighteen plus. As a starter, not a high usage guy, but does pick up some assists. You know, v- vooch could hurt that a little bit, but um, overall, I. I expect Sadoranski to keep producing around 0.9 fantasy points per minute. He's kind of done that all year, regardless of who he's been on the floor with. And that's one benefit of when someone um, consistently contributes peripherals and isn't a high usage guy. Um, Markinen, you know, I I expect the usage to come down a little bit. Um, Rebounding numbers potentially to come down as well with Vooch next to him as opposed to Wendell Carter Jr. um, or, you know, Thaddeus Young. So I I don't think it's a good move for Markinen, but I also think that $5,200 5200 on DraftKings is one of the cheaper salaries that you're going to get from Markkinen. I think he keeps playing around 30 to 32 minutes, and typically he's been close to a fantasy point-per-minute guy. So he, he just looks a little bit underpriced, even if I'm not really excited about him.
0: On the Spurs side, it looks like they stood pat at the deadline Aside from Lamarcus Aldridge getting a buyout. So uh, everyone's healthy today, so that means uh, there's not like, any crazy values, but Derek uh, White has been playing a lot of minutes recently. He's still not seen his salary go up too much. It's 5700 on DraftKings and 5500 on FanDuel. So would Derek White be a go-to today?
1: Yeah, I think that White and Keldon Johnson are both guys that look pretty appealing or, or somewhat appealing at their salaries. Not top plays, I don't think. But White, like you said, his salary just really hasn't moved. And I think part of that's because the, bull, or the Spurs have been in, like, just enough blowouts recently and just enough games where Derek White's been in foul trouble that it's, like, not – even though he's playing 33 to 35 minutes in pretty much every competitive game the Spurs play, they've been in enough games where weird stuff has happened that it's, it's not affecting his price yet. So I do think there's a, a pretty high ceiling for the salary on Derek White. Same can be said for Keldon Johnson. You know, you, you saw the rebounding numbers really take a hit uh, coming out of the All-Star break, but then he's mixed in some good games as well. Overall this season, he's about a 0.9 to one fantasy point per minute guy. And in competitive games, you can expect him to play you know, th- around 32 minutes. So um, I think that there is upside on both Derek White and Keldon Johnson.
0: Uh, I did want to mention in the chat uh, you got some questions about using the Optimizer Fancy Cruncher so I want to mention um, we have this new page on the site it's uh, if you go to NBA on the menu there's the pro videos we got the game plan which is every day and then our archive where I've been putting uh, some of the videos we've done so you can get a lot of information on how to up your game there got some Fancy Cruncher information on there so if you want to learn more about how to utilize that, make sure to check it out. All right, so the Spurs, I feel like uh, Derek White and Kelvin Johnson are, are the go-tos as well. So let's move on to Dallas. Uh, Luca was out yesterday, and we thought Jalen Brunson was going to uh, be the GOAT. Uh, unfortunately, Brunson didn't get the memo, so didn't work out that well for, for most of us. I I'm wondering if Luca's gonna play tonight, and maybe it's just uh, giving him a day to heal up or something. But uh, don't know at this point. So if if Luca was out, how do you handle it versus if Luca's in?
1: Yeah, so if, if Luca's out, um, I'm going right back to Kristaps Porzingis, who is now less expensive on DraftKings than he was yesterday. Um, you know, you and I talked about it on the show that um, his rebounding numbers get a bump without Luca. He gets a little bit of a usage bump. Um, he's averaged about one and a half fantasy points per minute uh, since last year in games that he's played without Luca. So I would still really like Porzingis here in a good matchup against the Pels. I'd go right back to Jalen Brunson. He's less expensive today than he was yesterday, only 4,200. Um, he's, it's not like, the, and the reason that I, I'm comfortable going back to Brunson is it's not like, we were kind of like making our best guess at, you know, Jalen Brunson would benefit. We have a pretty long track record of him playing a bunch of minutes when Luke is out. And he played a bunch of minutes yesterday. He played 33.8 minutes. He just didn't do anything with them. Um, he's typically a, a productive player in this situation. So I'm not looking at yesterday's game as any sort of indication of what to expect going forward, other than we should still expect a bunch of minutes from Jalen Brunson if Luke is out. So uh, those guys both would look really good. Then you get to the secondary pieces where, uh, you know, Maxi Klebo played 32 minutes yesterday, would have played probably 34, 35 if it were competitive. Um, he didn't do anything fantasy wise, but but still got the minutes. Same goes for Dorian Smith. Like those are both guys that the fantasy production is very questionable, but they should get minutes um, really regardless of Luca, but they should be a little bit more productive if Luca's out. Josh Richardson and Tim Hardaway Jr. Both should be a little bit more productive if Luca's out as well.
0: Agreed. Yeah. I think Bronson. we just got to go back and lock him in if Luca's out today. Uh, I mean, he got the minutes. It just, he didn't perform like he usually does. That'll happen. Uh, If Luca's in, I don't really see a ton here. Um, So the only thing that's really jumping out at me is Maxi is only 3,800 on FanDuel. So I think regardless of whether Luca plays or not, that's a pretty good price tag. Luca plays, do you think you're going to go to him?
1: Yeah, if Luca plays, I really like Luca. I mean, you talk like he's ten thousand eight hundred, same price tag as Giannis. Just a much better matchup here against the Pels. And I assume that if Luca plays, he's close to one hundred percent. You know, I don't think that um, they're likely to be running him out there at you know and, and risking injury or anything like that. Especially it was lower, it was lower back tightness. That's typically something that that kind of comes and goes. Um, so if he's playing, I assume he's good to go, and we should just treat him like fully healthy Luca against the Pelicans.
0: uh, It's good to hear here. So on the New Orleans side, we had Zion Williamson have a huge game yesterday, won people all the monies, uh, which uh, (laughs) I was chagrined by because he was like the one guy I denounced playing on on the Deeper Dive yesterday. But I feel like um, the price has gone up. Uh, His Per minute, stats haven't changed that much over his year-to-date year to averages and the lines of ball being out I don't think is a huge factor. So did we learn anything from last night? Um, how are you feeling about him today?
1: I mean, I, I still like him. I still don't love the salary. Um, I feel pretty similar to how I did yesterday. Like, I like Zion more now than I did earlier in the season because the usage is up, the assists are up. Um, but he's also expensive. Um, you know, it, it's a slow Dallas team. It's a spot where it, you know, even with the assists being up, you're not talking about him, you know, being Julius Randle or something and, and getting um, a ton of assists. It's just you know, producing an extra assist or two than he was earlier in the year. Um, so I still think he's a like I think he's a good play. I don't think he's a priority. I think that he does have a very high ceiling. I think you've kind of just seen him take a step forward as a player as the season's gone on. Anyway, but um, yeah, I still wouldn't say he's a priority. Like if if Luca's out, for example, um, I'll go right back to seventy nine hundred dollars Porzingis over eighty seven hundred dollars Ion every time.
0: Nice. Uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker is always a good permanent producer and his salary hasn't quite caught up uh, with the minutes because he's been playing big minutes with ball out so as well has seen a minutes bump. So are you going to those guys for value?
1: Yeah, you know, Alexander Walker's averaged over a fantasy point per minute this year in his starts without um, Lonzo. He's averaging over 30 minutes per game and the salary hasn't really moved, like you said. So um he's, he's kind of scoring dependent, like doesn't get it. A ton of assists, even when he slides in for Lonzo. But he's cheap enough; I don't really care. I mean, he he gets up enough shots. He's a good enough scorer that more often than not, he's going to pay off the salary pretty easily. Eric Bledsoe finally showed some signs of life yesterday, and he was someone I wrote about in the deep dive yesterday. Like he's been playing unbelievably bad, um, kind of this whole season from a fantasy standpoint, but especially over the last month or month and a half. But he's just at a price point now where. We, we have such a long track record of Eric Bledsoe being a, a useful fantasy producer and being someone, you know, that can rebound, that can get assists that can score. Um, he's at a price point now, where even though he's been playing so poorly, I think you can kind of just bet on his talent and you know, he's going to get some good games. We saw it yesterday. Maybe you won't see it today. Um, it, it's still going to be scary to roster him, but it's, it's basically just a floor price tag right now on Eric Bledsoe. Agreed. Yeah.
0: He's not the most consistent producer, but the price and the minutes look good. No, uh, Boston at Oklahoma City, Robert Williams got the start yesterday because they traded off Tice, and he did not disappoint. Didn't play big minutes, but he racked up the stocks. So uh, he looks appealing, especially given the minutes yesterday uh, at 6,600 on FanDuel, but especially at 5,600 on FanDuel – or, sorry, 6,600 DraftKings, but on FanDuel, 5,600, given their scoring system, he even gets a bigger bump there. I'm kind of looking at him and they uh the moves that boston made they traded off javante green and now they have uh mo wagner and um luke cornett yeah. uh so not really much of a difference there oh uh, the one oh uh, sorry uh fournier that uh, i'm kind of thinking walker sits out this game and fournier just gets those minutes what do you think
1: yeah, that sounds right to me. Um, Walker typically hasn't been playing back-to-backs, so um, it would make sense if Fournier just slides in there.
0: So, the to uh, the, the other members of the team, I mean, Fournier, he has a little bit uh, – he has almost exactly the same stats as Kemba Walker, it looks like, to be honest. So, I don't know if that will make a huge impact on Brown and Tatum. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, my expectation is that for all intents and purposes from a DFS standpoint, Fournier – like, what using Fournier instead of Walker will lead to similar production from uh, Tatum and Brown as if Kemba were in.
0: So, with that in mind, uh, do you see Brown and Tatum as good plays tonight?
1: I think they're fine. I don't think they really stand out. Um, like, if, if Fournier weren't active and Kemba were sitting, I think both of Brown and Tatum would be really good options because they get a bump without Kemba. But um, with Kemba in this year, they're both um, around 1.1% to 1.2 fantasy points per minute um if we're assuming that 48 um ha, you know takes a similar amount of stats away from them as kemba does that's what i would expect here as well you should get big minutes um but you know i don't think that they really stand out as as great options um robert williams is the one spot that i really see from boston and it's it's always interesting with players like him like there's not that many but you never feel good about rostering low usage guys at like, you know, $6,000. But the flip side of it is like the ceiling is so high when you're talking about someone that can score 41 fantasy points with like seven actual points, like Williams did yesterday. He just does so much in the way of defensive stats, rebounding. Um, You know, you're going to get some duds from guys like that because like in the games where he gets a below average number of defensive stats, he's probably going to have a bad game, but the ceiling is just so high because he's going to have some games where he just scores more points too. Um, so it makes him a really, really high upside guy, especially like you were saying on FanDuel because of the block uh, scoring.
0: Yeah, I agree, man. His stats are insane. 72% true shooting. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So um, I can see why maybe they didn't feel like they needed Tice anymore. So I think Robert Williams makes sense. Uh, now on the Oklahoma city side, uh, Shea's out for a while. Austin Rivers, they just traded fours out. Twenty Bradley, who they just traded for. I don't think he's playing today. So uh, pretty much the same lineup as last time where uh, we saw them go with that big starting lineup with Pokashevsky at the three. Now, uh, Roby and Pokashevsky, as well as Moses Brown, also have big minutes, even though Horford was in there. So... I don't see the price tags being particularly appealing today, but do you see anything on the Thunder here?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't see it being too appealing either. Like Al Horford gets a nice bump without Shea Gildas-Alexander, but the problem is just that it's really difficult to expect more than 25 to 26 minutes when you think about what Oklahoma City is trying to do. You know, you have all these bigs that are young and they're trying to get minutes, and then you have Al Horford. So um, it's tough to expect that he's getting more than 25 or 26 minutes. Um, One thing that... I think is worth noting is that with Horford in, you're not getting backup center minutes for Isaiah Roby, So that hurts him. Like um, when, when Horford was out, Roby was a pretty appealing option because he was playing 32 33 minutes he was also backing up Moses Brown because Mike Muscala wasn't in the rotation now you're losing a few minutes because he's not playing center and you're losing that production that he gets at center so it makes him less appealing and, and kind of by the same um, logic Bogachevsky's less appealing because he's playing like all of his minutes almost at the three um, getting some run at the four but um, overall you know he's getting 30 to 32 minutes but they're just not very they're not minutes for the most part where he's in a position to be very productive. So um, I don't really like the pricing here in general. I think Horford's probably the easiest guy to get to, but um, you know, he has his limitations as well.
0: Agreed. Yeah. I don't see a ton here, but I do see in the chat, everyone is hype about Oral Roberts today. So uh, we actually have a lot of sweet 16 content on Osimo got uh the dfs projections by matt kajewski they're doing a live before lock today uh him and ben raza and you get the rest of our march madness content for only 9.95 so make sure to check that out also make sure to follow all of our social media channels on twitter Insta, and facebook uh on facebook we've actually been running these uh giveaways as well as insta so if you're only doing the twitter ones make sure to check those out awesome underscore com on instagram all right, we got three more games. Memphis at Utah. Uh, Memphis, the only move they made was waving Gorgie Um Yesterday, John Morant went out and had a big game. Not anything we wouldn't expect, but they have a tough match at first versus Utah today. So how are you uh, thinking this one will play out? Um,
1: sorry. Uh, can you repeat that?
0: Oh, sorry. Yeah, Memphis uh, – uh, they played Utah last night, and they have uh, another matchup versus them today. John Morant had a big game, uh, as well as Joe Val, So, what are you thinking is going to happen tonight on the second end?
1: <laughs> More unappealing DFS stuff. Um, I mean Morant and Joe val it, It's kind of the same thing that you and I said yesterday. Like Morant and Joval, Um, they're capable of big fantasy games. I think Morant had a a, a big double double yesterday, like twenty seven and ten or something like that. Um, but they're not at the most appealing price points on a slate this big. They're not in a you know great matchup, although Utah has been a little bit better matchup recently, um, playing at a much faster pace than earlier in the year, not playing as well defensively from an efficiency standpoint. So, um, you know, not maybe not completely writing them off like you would have earlier in this year when you talk about Utah, but uh, still really nothing more than secondary options for me when you talk about guys like Morant, Valanciunas, Kyle Anderson. Agreed.
0: Yeah. The game last night, Memphis overperformed a little bit. It was only a couple points at the end, so – Everyone got the minutes. Uh, the spread tonight is minus ten in favor of Utah, so there's a good chance that it isn't quite as close. So I do think Morant is a reasonable price of seventy two hundred on DraftKings, seventy five on Fanduel, but he's not a priority for me. On the Utah side, um, don't know if Mike Conley is going to play this one. He's been sitting out the second and back to backs recently, so. Uh, if he plays, what are you doing versus if he sits?
1: If he plays, he's a reasonable option, I think, at 6,300. Uh, not something I'm like overly excited about, but I do think the price point on him looks a little bit better than really anybody else in this game. Um, if he sits, though, you should probably get some value from Joe Ingalls and Jordan Clarkson, although they are kind of priced up. Um, Ingalls at 5,800 already on DraftKings, you know. So, I think if if conley sits you would get ingles starting most likely playing like 32 33 minutes he'd be an okay value there uh jordan clarkson would see a little bit more run off the bench we know he's a very high upside guy with a pretty low floor because he is scoring dependent but 5300 would be a pretty solid option if conley's out
0: good yeah clarkson and ingles are always the guys to look for if uh conley's out now uh the next game we got cleveland at uh, sacramento uh, Colin Sexton sat out last night it's unclear if he's going to play
1: tonight so
0: with that in mind what are you doing with the Cavs
1: I like the matchup a lot um, if Sexton's out then Darius Garland gets a nice bump he's expensive on DraftKings um, he's been less expensive on FanDuel uh, recently so I think that is a spot you could look um, oh sorry he's up to no that's Sexton yeah, Gar- Garland's up to 6500 on Fandle now, so not not as good a price tag as, as it had been. But you should get a lot of minutes from him um, and increased usage if Sexton's out. If Sexton's in, I like Sexton here. Um, only $300 more than Garland on DraftKings, averaging 37 minutes per game in his games without Drummond this year. And he's about a fantasy point-per-minute guy in a great matchup against the Kings. So I uh, would really like him. Jared Allen, I think, makes sense in tournaments. Um, the Kings front court has been weak all season long. Jared Allen certainly um, is likely to post a big game here. Um he's kind of expensive, but I I do think that he has a nice ceiling in this matchup.
0: Agreed. Yeah. Uh, on FanDuel he's only 6900, so that's an option. Uh, 7700 is a lot. I don't know if the minutes really are going to change that much with jaVale McGee traded off. He
1: did play 36 yesterday and subbed out with 4 minutes to go in the game. Okay, that's that's pretty solid then.
0: So I'll have to Take another look. Uh that would make him look even better on Fandle if we give him some more minutes. We have him at 30 right now. On the Sacramento side, they went out and got Dylan Wright from the Pistons in exchange for Corey Joseph. So um I mean, I don't know exactly what they're gonna do with Dion Wright, but I imagine he just takes those twenty minutes a game that Kojo is playing. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean that's my assumption that he just kind of takes those minutes. Like you think about the Kings, they're not Taking minutes from De'Aaron Fox to give to De'Lon Wright. They're not taking, or they shouldn't be taking minutes from Tyrese Halliburton to give to De'Lon Wright. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, that pretty much, those are the options. And so I think that you most likely see um, De'Lon Wright, you know, play that Corey Joseph role. Like maybe there's some games where Buddy Heald plays poorly and you get some Fox, uh, Wright, Halliburton lineups with Heald on the bench. But um, on average, I expect that you keep seeing huge minutes from the starters and then you see De'Lon Wright just, you know, taking those 20 to 25 minutes off the bench.
0: Nice, yeah. Uh, So with that in mind, I I don't think there's too much different with the Kings now. The one change, uh, Bagley being out, has led to Tyrese Howard and playing more minutes. This has always been creeping up, but on FanDuel he's 5,600, DraftKings at 6,200. That's pretty reasonable still, although playing with the starters may be a little bit lower production. So how are you prioritizing the guys on the Kings?
1: Yeah, I think that they don't stand out as far as, like, top options for me, but there is some upside here. Um, you know, Cleveland's not the most appealing matchup in terms of pace, but 5,600 for Halliburton I think looks really good on FanDuel. 6,200 on DraftKings is fine. Like, he has been playing a lot of minutes, and he hasn't hit, he hasn't had too much of a hit when he started this year in terms of, of production because he's not a really high usage guy anyway. He's just a very efficient shooter that gets some assists. And so, you know, even playing with higher usage guys, it doesn't hurt him too much because he typically can make the most of his shots. Um, so I think, you know, he's a secondary option. Option. same goes for Rashawn Holmes um you know, kind of expensive on DraftKings, but he does have Ford eligibility, which is nice. The Aaron Fox is always, I think, interesting in tournaments because he just plays so many minutes in competitive games, and obviously he's a he's a good player. Um, one guy to to point out though is that Harrison Barnes does have the potential to to score fantasy points at a higher rate without Marvin Bagley. He slides down to the four. Um, his rebounding percentage is a couple points higher in games that Bagley hasn't played this year than games where he has, which makes sense because he's just playing more minutes closer to the basket. So, um, there's not one individual guy that really stands out, but I think that really ends any- of the starters here make some sense as far as you know you can use them as like contrarian plays in tournaments because they do all play massive minutes in competitive games
0: agreed yeah um one injury note Whiteside missed the last game he's back today not not huge but that could affect rashawn Holmes a little bit all right last game we got philadelphia at la clippers so Um, On Philadelphia, they traded Tony Bradley. It looks like Joel Embiid was complicit in a little pump and dump here. So, uh, in return, they got Terrence Ferguson and George Hill, who are both uh, not expected to play today. So, with Tony Bradley off, um, we saw Mike Scott start the game last time. Dwight Howard was ejected uh, for some BS. So, he played six minutes that was a little disappointing um and the other injury note was seth curry came back last game he played about 27 minutes so what do you think is going to happen in the sixers today
1: yeah so i'm assuming that you get the same starting lineup with mike scott i'm assuming that dwight howard plays something like 27 or 28 minutes off the bench with scott playing you know 20 to 21 as the starter obviously um getting ejected in the first half changed the rotation last game but i think that'll be the case here so um the price on Howard at 5,600 on DraftKings is fine, I think. Um, but the main pieces are, are you're still looking to Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris. Their salaries have come up because of, of Embiid being out, but they do still give you high ceilings. Um, both guys around 1.25 to 1. 1.3 DraftKings points per minute without Embiid this year. Um, both, you know, should play 35, 36 minutes here against the Clippers. So, um, not, again, you no know, kind of a team where no one individual guy stands out, but I do think that Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris, Dwight Howard are all um, decent options here. Agreed.
0: Now, on the Clippers' side, uh, we had Kawhi missed the last game as well as Marcus Morris. So that led to a lot of guys getting minutes. But today, um, they may be back. I think Kawhi is questionable. I don't have Marcus's injury information in front of I me. I think he's questionable. Questionable as well. So uh, in the last game of the night, there could be some big question marks because if Kawhi is out, Uh, then Paul George could again be a great play 8,300 on both sites so what are you going to do in fantasy here
1: yeah I mean this is a spot where you if you can you're going to want to leave some some room for late swaps because um, it has the I mean they have the potential to be down two starters again and you know you saw it last game like a bunch of minutes for Terrence Mann a bunch of minutes for Nicholas Batum Um, if both guys are out Reggie Jackson you know had a big game so And then Paul George obviously becomes a priority if Kawhi is out. So it's a spot where it's always tricky because um, like if Kawhi is in and if Marcus Morris is in, I think that George and Leonard are both good plays, but not guys that i would want to necessarily be building around whereas if Kawhi is out i want to build around george um and you know these other pieces as well that offer some value so kind of a tricky spot you know i know you talk about it a lot uh potentially leaving multiple roster spots open in any lineup that you know has clippers um or in general but um yeah it's a spot that is kind of gonna change the entire outlook i think of of how you're building lineups on this slate
0: Yeah. It's hard to know what to make of this quiet injury status because the last game was second end of the back to back. Like it seems like these days they're just making up BS injuries to give guys an excuse to rest on some of those. So I don't know if the probability that quiet sits this game is high, but if he does, that would be a game changer. Of course I felt the same way about Harden the other night and he sat and that made a huge difference. So don't want to predict too much here.
1: Yeah. But, uh, Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I I thought you were saying about the game-changer part. I was like, yeah, but Paul George is a little bit different than Bruce Brown against Utah. Yeah. Uh,
0: So I I do think maybe it it makes sense if Kawhi is questionable a lot to prioritize George a little bit more than you would otherwise. The other guy I'm looking at is Zubats. uh, He's been getting a ton of minutes with Serge Baca out. Baca continues to be out today uh it seems to maybe fluctuate based on the matchup um so i'm not really sure what's going to happen tonight because mike scott might not be the i don't know how they're going to prioritize you bots because like anyone can guard mike scott but dwight howard off the bench seems like a better matchup for him so i'm excited to see what they're going to do what do you think is going to happen
1: yeah i could see them leaving him in for rim protection against ben simmons as well um like i know in the matchup against the – it's not just center-based what uh, the Clippers are looking to do. Like, I know when they played – the mavericks um tyron lu basically said that he wanted Zubots on the floor for every minute that luka played um so i, I think you know more often than not you're going to get 30 plus from Zubots. he's a fantasy point per minute guy and so i think that you know i, I kind of wish the sites would raise his salary a little bit quicker because it's just getting kind of boring like having Zubots be one of the best center plays on every single slate that he's on but i think it's the case again tonight you know the guy just gives you a solid medium projection he gives you a high ceiling um and he's just not really that expensive
0: Agreed. Yeah, I think Zubats is solid tonight, and then uh, potentially even better if there are some interviews here. Guys, uh, thanks for tuning in. We got a lot of content for you today on the channel, so hit the subscribe button if you haven't already. So here's what we got coming up. At 1 p.m. Eastern, we got college basketball live before lock with Ben and Matt. Uh, at 3, we got NHL strategy show with Jake and Josh, as well as the game plan NBA video with Terry that's our members-only video where we go through some of the uh, concepts to really elevate your NBA DFS game. At 5 p.m., we got UFC Live Before Lock with Jason and Pete. Got a really big pay-per-view tonight, so that should be a, a good card. And then we have Deeper Dive and Live Before Lock an hour later today to uh, for the 8 p.m. start time. Spags and Greg doing the Deeper Dive and Emac and Eric taking you all the way up to lock. Thanks guys for tuning in. Uh, Thanks to our sponsor, No House Advantage. Make sure to check them out at nohouseadvantage.com and good luck tonight.